0: Fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? We are in August, but still plenty of time to get out there and enjoy the sun. And if the sun is shining, the bushes must be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential lawnmower 3.0, a waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This is the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a chest shave. The third generation trimmer features skin safe technology to reduce manscaping accidents. You can also adjust settings to get a length you like and you can stay on top of it with almost no effort at all. Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code vathletic 20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code TheAthletic20. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to Manscaped.com today and use code TheAthletic20.
1: Mets, Braves, and Rays have some rotation holes to fill, and we have a Yankees closer update. Like death and taxes. Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's- not had uh, three go throughs uh, yet. It works great ball. in a fantasy. League. I'm just glad yeah. I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in
0: 15 on the Athletic.
1: Welcome to Fantasy Baseball 15 for Tuesday, August 11th. I'm Al Melkier, and I'm here with Michael Beller. And you know, Michael, sometimes things just, just work out when it comes to the news. I wanted an excuse to talk about David Peterson on the show, and wouldn't you know, the Mets gave it to me. So, uh, Marcus Stroman helping out a little bit. That He too, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, that's a big deal. Uh, we talked about Marcus Stroman on Monday's show, Derek Van Riper and myself. And uh, the context there was that uh, he was not going to be ready in time to take Michael Walker's slot. But it sounded like Strowman wasn't necessarily that far out from returning. But on Monday, uh, Strowman announced that he's opting out from the 2020 season. So leaving uh, certainly a hole in the Mets rotation. And... The, the worries for their rotation continue because on Monday night, Steven Matz just got absolutely rocked by the Nationals, giving up eight runs. So even before that game, the Mets had the major league's eighth highest team ERA at 4.66. So here's where David, where David Peterson comes in because after uh, Jacob deGrom, he's got the lowest ERA in the rotation and some pretty good peripherals to back it up. Uh, I mean, not necessarily strikeout walk rates that you would get excited about. But a, a pretty modest rate of contact allowed on pitches in the zone, and that's an indicator I really like to look at um, to to kind of reality check the strikeout rate. And uh, he's got a three seven eight ERA and a three ninety three FIP, so you know it's not world beating stuff. But on the Mets rotation, it uh, <laughs> it uh, it fares pretty well.
0: It does. It does. I just need to say two things. One thing about each of the first two guys you mentioned. First of all, Marcus Strowman is an absolute hero. I tweeted on Monday that we need to put this guy in the Hall of Fame uh, after the way that the owners did not necessarily negotiate in the best faith we've ever seen with the players to see him uh, go and rehab his injury, make sure he accrued that year of service time, then deciding to opt out. Bravo, Marcus Stroman. Love to see that. He'll be a free agent next year. Steven Matz, I actually watched the first couple innings of that game between the Mets and Nationals. There were a few misplays in the outfield. Brandon Nimmo had an ugly one, but that is not explaining uh, what was happening with Steven Matz. Those numbers were well-earned by him. Uh, He was getting knocked around the park. Uh, Juan Soto and Trey Turner both making him look bad. As for David Peterson, I think we've seen enough to at least want to take a flyer on him. Is it going to last? We're just going to have to wait and see. But I'll be waiting and seeing with you. I'll be along for the ride because I do think uh, with what we've seen from him, with what you've said uh, already about him, about the peripherals supporting uh, what he's done to this point and the fact that Mets really have nowhere to turn at this point. He's got a spot in the rotation the rest of the year. I think all conspires to make him someone at least worth giving a shot on, uh, especially depending on what the uh, upcoming matchups might be. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure what the Mets have coming next, what Peterson has coming next, but I do think he is someone who we should be giving a little bit of a look to over these next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, and, you know, and I think that's really the big... The the big fallout here is that that solidifies Peterson's spot in the rotation, and and maybe Mats uh, continues to get tries because the the Mets just don't have much rotation depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not even clear who's going to to wind up filling that spot that Waka was, uh, was occupying, but, you know, none of those options are, are, you know, players that we're looking at in, in any sort of mixed league context. So maybe uh, Mats gets another chance. And, you know, meanwhile, uh, you know, Mets need to try to find somebody to, to fill that spot. Uh, the, the Braves have considerably more depth. And so when Sean Newcomb had an even worse start than Matt's did on Monday night, uh right away, uh, the team optioned him to their alternate site, uh, Newcomb giving up eight runs just like Matt's, but in only one and a third inning against the Phillies. So uh, the Braves certainly, you know, being challenged to find that depth. Um, at this point, they're really down to Max Fried, Tukey Toussaint, and Kyle Wright. And, uh, you know, sort of like the Mets situation, those latter two starters, I think the big story here is that their spots, look safe and Tucson in particular has done everything to keep that spot but uh, you know you and I Michael we've talked about this before but even with all the the pitchers that are out for uh, for the Braves they they do still have some depth there so you've got Ian Anderson you've got Bryce Wilson Yulieshaseen Seen, uh, you could make Josh Tomlin into a starter um you know there's all kinds of options there so Uh, We'll revisit this. Anybody that you like even more now that uh, the Braves have yet another uh, rotation vacancy. I mean, we have to be seeing Bryce Wilson sometime
0: soon, right? We have to be. If this doesn't do it, what's going to do it? I mean, forget about uh, the fact that Newcomb just got rocked around again and earned his way back down to the alternate site. I mean, we're talking about two wide open Rotation spots. These are not situations where we're waiting for someone to get back and we're filling a rotation spot for a turn or two. These are wide open, ready to be claimed rotation spots. And when you have a legitimate hope for a World Series title and like it or not, this is a real World Series title. Flags fly forever. Whoever wins it is going to win it and win it legitimately this year. The Braves definitely have a shot at that. How do you keep Bryce Wilson out of this rotation? I think we have to see him uh, sooner rather than later. So he is someone who I'm interested in, even as a speculative ad. As for the rest of the guys you mentioned, I think they still more fall in the nice fallback options for the Braves to have in real life but not someone who we're interested in from a fantasy perspective we've got Bryce Wilson and then a bunch of dudes who can admirably fill a rotation spot but aren't really going to be guys that we're talking about beyond a stream here or there in the fantasy world
1: well if we get news that Ian Anderson is going to be up I Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be And and deservedly so. I think there's going to be a wave of interest that's, you know, in the ballpark of what we saw with Spencer Howard this weekend. So, I mean, do you think that's fair? Or or, or are you just not really expecting much for Anderson when and if he gets called up?
0: No, no, no. I think that's fair. He just just, uh, was off the brain for a second. But I definitely think that's fair. (laughs) I think that Bryce Wilson just has a better shot of being the guy who gets that call initially. But, yes, I think you're right that Ian Anderson would deserve that sort of attention as well.
1: Yeah, but I'm with you. I do think that it, it seems like it should be Wilson's turn, but we'll stay mm-hmm. tuned. I imagine we would hear something fairly soon on this. And there's uh, more rotation holes to be filled here. We got uh, the Rays with uh, an injury and uh, some intrigue with the Indians that we'll get to. But uh, first, we've got a message from our friends at Indochino. All right, Michael. Well, let's uh, talk about the Cleveland Indians situation. This came up on the Monday show as we were talking about Zach Pleszak, being sent home, uh, being placed under quarantine for going out on the town in Chicago. And very curious that uh, about 24 hours later, we find out that Mike Clevenger was with him. So I don't know exactly how that works, (laughs) that uh, (laughs) those two things were not um, discovered simultaneously, but it is what it is. And and Clevenger uh, now also uh, being sent home and being placed under quarantine. So Adam Plutko taking his start against the Cubs. So I, uh, you as a Cubs fan, uh, I imagine maybe you feel a little better about that. But uh, thoughts on Adam Plutko uh, for, for the start and maybe, maybe even beyond?
0: Yeah, don't love him for this start. Don't love him being thrown into the fire. The Cubs have been hitting the ball very well this season. You've seen a really good approach from the team top to bottom. It seems like all the things they were hoping they were going to get out of David Ross, the early returns, have been there. Um, Chris Bryant was really the only hit, uh, hitter as part of the core group who got off to a slow start, and even he has rounded into form over the team's last eight, nine games or so. I don't love this start for Plutko. I do think he's an interesting guy um, in a longer-term sense, but don't think that we're going to be down Clevenger and Plesak too long. So it's sort of a waiting game. I could see getting in on him as a stream guy. I just I, 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 like, If this were... If they were playing, you know, the the Royals or the Pirates or someone like that this week, uh, then it would be a a great spot to get him. It's just every start is going to count for him, and it's hard to really get behind him with any confidence the way the Cubs are swinging the bats going into Cleveland.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, we'll wait and see what the news is on on Pleszak and and Clevenger, and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, nothing Mm -hmm. comes of that, but, uh, you know, certainly it's uh, distressing to see some players maybe, uh, not maybe, some players not really taking the uh, protocols seriously enough. Uh, we've got some other rotation news. Mason Bumgarner placed on the injured list by the Diamondbacks. He's got a back strain. And Charlie Morton, I think we kind of saw this one coming after he mm-hmm. was lifted on Sunday with shoulder inflammation. He is now on the injured list. Uh, the Rays may rely on openers. No big surprise there, but that may mean maybe more innings in the short term for uh, Trevor Richards and for Jalen Beeks, where they could uh, you know, dip down into their depth and uh, use uh, somebody like Anthony Bonda, perhaps. But I'm not sure there's a big impact there. The Diamondbacks have called up Jeremy Beasley and I've not seen anything about what role he's going to play, but I think he'd be a candidate to replace Bum Garner. So out of these two situations, Rays and Diamondbacks, any actions that we should be taking in fantasy?
0: Uh, Beasley doesn't really get my juices flowing just yet. Uh, I do agree with you. He's probably a candidate to uh, to replace Bumgarner in the rotation. I look more to Tampa and those two guys you mentioned, Trevor Trevor Richards and Jalen Beeks. Uh, uh, more innings for them is a good news. Um, they go both guys who can miss bats. Jalen Beeks has already been doing it this season, uh, so just getting them that extra volume could be the, all the difference that you need between being sort of fringy fifteen team you know, sort of kind of interesting guys to someone who are worth kicking the tires on. So but I, I would you know, it's hard to say. If I'm in a daily league, maybe I would kick the, I would go after them right away. If, uh, if I'm in a weekly transaction league, obviously I'll have the benefit of seeing the way the team uses them over the next couple of days. But it's definitely a situation to keep your eye on because either of those guys getting more innings just with the way that they can miss bats, and again, Beaks really being the one who jumps out at me a little more. If they're getting those few extra innings a week, that really could be something that ultimately makes them uh, someone worth targeting. And this could be you know, a long-term situation for Charlie Morton here no matter what Kevin Cash says.
1: Yeah, absolutely so. You know, with a lot of these injuries, we have to take the statements with a little little bit of a grain of salt. Uh staying within the AL East, Clint Frazier is expected to be recalled by the Yankees on Tuesday according to the New York Post Joel Sherman. I had picked up Mike Ford over the weekend and, you know, DVR said on Monday's show that yeah, maybe Ford would start a couple games a week. I thought he was sort of soft pedaling Ford's appeal, but I wasn't maybe I wasn't looking as far ahead as DVR was because I think Clint Frazier could definitely uh, take some of that DH playing time. It could be a, a timeshare situation. And the Yankees' bullpen situation, there may be a change coming there as well. Aroldis Chapman is scheduled to face hitters on Tuesday. And then the Yankees will lay out a schedule uh, working him towards his return. So is it time for uh, Zach Britton's fantasy owners to uh, start looking at reinforcements?
0: Yeah, I think you sort of have to um, at the same time. There are not a ton of reinforcements out there. Obviously, we had um, Rafael Montero show himself over the weekend and get the the stamp of approval there in Texas, but he's already now widely owned. I don't know if you're going to be able to go out there and just find saves in an easy way. And Zach Britton, I mean, the dude is getting the job done. I would love to see more than four strikeouts in his five and two-thirds innings of work, but... He has been that pitcher minus the strikeout, extreme strikeout upside from his Baltimore days. Uh, so I would not be cutting him just because it looks like he's going to be losing the job. A guy who's still going to give you good ratios, good strikeouts, can contribute in ways even if he's not saving games. And this is just more of a speculation thing than anything else but I wouldn't be shocked if Aaron Boone didn't want to throw a Roldy Chapman right into the fire right away. Every single save opportunity go into him. This could be a situation where he's eased back into that role. So I think Zach Britton still got plenty of value for you.
1: All right. Yeah. So definitely don't do anything hasty, but maybe just start looking around and save sources do, you know, pop up when you don't expect them. So while you say, Montero, (laughs) exactly, exactly. And, you know, a lot of people spent a lot of money this past weekend on Montero, but uh, you know, so maybe they won't have as much to spend on the the next person. Is that person going to be Taylor Williams? Maybe. I mean, he's already got three mm-hmm. saves. Carl Edwards Jr. placed on the injured list on Monday. He's got a right forearm strain. Now Scott Service. This is another kind of soft pedaling here. He says maybe Edwards can come back in a couple of weeks. Who knows though? Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Uh, in the meantime, do you think Williams is the uh, uh, de facto closer? in Seattle. Is there, are there enough saves to go around there? Uh, Is is there something to be done for us uh, for that Mariner situation?
0: Yeah. Taylor Williams is a nice ad. I think I actually was able to snag him in a league where I missed out on Rafael Montero and I fell back on Taylor Williams. That is a consolation prize. Uh, It's not uh, uh, something that uh, can match up with where Rafael Montero is in a number of ways, but it does feel like a situation where he has put himself in a spot to be the guy in Seattle for the rest of the season. So Taylor Williams is feeling like one of those guys. I would go after him. I would feel good about him. Even when Carl Edwards Jr. comes back, this is a nice long period here for Taylor Williams to secure the job. Obviously he's got to pitch well enough to do it, but with what we've seen from him, you should feel good enough giving him that opportunity to do it.
1: Well, and I've been stashing Austin Adams, but uh, his return take return date keeps getting pushed back and, he could get eased back into. So, uh, you know, not necessarily any immediate threats to, uh, to Williams for saves there in Seattle. And then one last note here, an injury note, uh, CJ Crone had to be helped off the field uh, on Monday, was hurt by a batted ball and uh, hit his knee, uh, sustained, sustained some sort of left knee injury. I haven't seen anything more specific uh, as of yet, but we may be having to look at some sort of uh, first base replacement option, uh, particularly in deeper leagues. So among this group or throw in anybody else uh, that I might've overlooked here, who do, who do you like? Mitch Moreland, Jesus Aguilar, Miguel Cabrera, Yandy Diaz. And again, uh, mystery first baseman as well. Uh, who would, who would you look <laughs> aren't for? These, to...
0: Aren't these all mystery first baseman that you just mentioned, <laughs> at least in terms of their uh, day-to-day performance? Um, Gosh, I mean, Miguel's swinging a pretty good bat uh, so far this season. Uh, he's still obviously got some of it left. Uh, Yandy Diaz, I like the uh, multi-positional eligibility that he brings to the table, can play first and third for you. I'd probably lean toward one of them. Um, and, and just with the way that he's been swinging, I think I would go with Miguel Cabrera. Uh, the, the, the bat's been good. Uh, it doesn't seem like the, the, the gas is fully out of the tank there. So he's the guy I would lean toward. Obviously, you're not going to get too excited about any of these options.
1: Yeah. Well, both Cabrera and Moreland have been stack cast heroes so far yeah, this year, true. but I think what is got, like probably, five homers already. I think so. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Cabrera, I think certainly has the more consistent playing time. So, uh, I don't think you can really go wrong with him among that group. And, uh, we'll just wind up here with our featured read and do something a little different when this, with this one, uh, I was thinking of our, um, wins league that you organized for us Michael and uh, Rustin Dodd has done a piece on MLB playoff tiers that's really fun so check that out and uh, looking forward to a uh, an update on our our wins league I
0: actually have it on my to-do list I wrote it on my to-do list today just the word wins so I'm getting around to it I promise you (laughs)
1: Maybe I shouldn't be looking forward to it. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, but that's gonna be all for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're listening to this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, we always do appreciate it when you take the time to do that. For Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier. We'll be right back here on Wednesday.